I wish there was something new to say or something different to say, but once again, the Orlando Magic struggle in the fourth quarter, and once again, the Orlando Magic lose a relatively close game. It's time to break it all down and really lay out what this season is about. It's about Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 31st, 2022. Happy Halloween, everyone. My name is Philip Ross. I am the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fall to the Dallas Mavericks. Fall because of a bad fourth quarter. Fall because of very short stretches of mediocre to bad play. Let's break down what the Orlando Magic did well, what the Orlando Magic still have to work on, and what this season is really about. Um, so, causes for concern, causes for optimism, and plenty more on the way here on Locked On Magic. But before we do any of that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, this season, there's been a lot of the coach buzzwords thrown around. And, 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 and you know, I think I've gone over this, but I, I kind of use those coachisms. Uh, as sort of the framework for the season. You know, I, I'm going to let the team kind of set the, the tone and the definitions and the ideas for the season and, and, and then evaluate them based on that. And so, you know, all we've heard Jamal Mosley talk about through the first two months of the season now um, is, or the offseason and now two months of training camp and regular season, is we need to level up. This team needs to level up. And, and trying to figure out and parse out what that means could probably be a whole book. Could probably be a whole hour of like all the different ways the Magic need to level up. But at the end of the day, what that's really getting at and what that's really talking about is the Magic need to put themselves in a position to win more games, obviously. Uh, and the Magic need to uh, not only be in a position to win more games, but actually win more games. Actually experience and grow late in games. So in this sense, yes, the Magic are one in six, um, you know, through seven games here. But through this sense, the Magic have taken some pretty significant steps. Um, games like Sunday night's game at Dallas, a one fourteen to one hundred five loss, by the way, um, would have been games that the Magic got blown out of in the past. Even after building an eleven point lead in the second quarter, giving that lead up to the individual brilliance of Luka Doncic. I, I, you know, he's just really good. Uh, and then falling behind by 10 in the early fourth quarter, those are the kind of games that last year the Magic let go of the rope. The kind of games where two minutes of bad play become six, and that's when you really get in trouble. Become four or five, and that's when you really get in trouble. The Magic's margin for error is still pretty small, but the Magic are getting themselves back on track faster. 
they're putting themselves in a position to win these games. They're putting themselves in a spot where Magic fans certainly exit games saying, we could have won that. And maybe that stings a bit more, but I'll sit here and say that, yes, this is leveling up. This is doing better, and it's something that the team itself, that you know, Wendell Carter said after the game, recognizes as a sign of growth. But of course, that's not what this game is about. Loving that that might be a level up, but it is not leveling up. Because at the end of the day, leveling up is winning basketball games. Leveling up is finding a way not just to experience close games, but experience success in those close games. And while getting to this step to have this conversation is important and and a a notable sign of growth, it still shows how much more work this team has to do. And that's where the Magic sit now. The Magic are currently 0-5 in clutch situations this season. A clutch situation, according to NBA.com, being a game that's within five points in the final five minutes. Orlando cut this game down to four, um, very briefly, uh, with about a minute to play. Down by 10 with about three minutes to play. The Magic just did not quit. They got some stops. They made some baskets. But consistently at the critical moment when the Magic could get over the hill and maybe steal a victory, or when the game was a six-point game and Dallas extended it out to... I think 11 or 10. At those critical moments, in those critical possessions, the Magic aren't able to get over the hump. It's no wonder the Magic's offensive rating in clutch situations this year is in the 70s. And again, small sample sizes still, especially with clutch minutes. But it's not much better in the fourth quarter either. The Magic have the second-worst net rating in the fourth quarter. That does include Friday's game against Charlotte when they also struggled. They have the second-worst net rating in the fourth quarter at minus 17.4 points per 100 possessions. With a 98.2 offensive rating, a 115.7 defensive rating. Their defense, which has generally been pretty good, gets worse. Their offense just goes away. Whether it's fatigue, whether it's the rotations not having the right balance, whether it's the opponents just knowing how to step up and the Magic pressing and getting tight when the game comes down to the wire. Any of those series could work. But the bottom line is this. The Magic are not performing late in games. And for a team like this, the difference between a 1-6 record and a 3-4 and record, or 4-3 and record, which this team very capably could be, is these close game moments is these moments where they make that right play, where they make that big play, that big shot, that big stop. And that's not what's happening right now. This is everything. Like, literally, like, uh, uh, you know, I've sat here, one of my truisms about the NBA is good teams don't win close games, they avoid them. Good teams do win close games. But the fewer close games you play, the less volatile your record is. If there is a sign of positivity positivity to take about this team, it's that five of their seven games came right down to the wire, and this team just isn't capable of finishing it. That's a point of positivity. Absolutely take that as positive, because it shows that this team very easily could be 5-2, and two, as much as they could be 0-6. Oh, 
It's that's that's the reality. And so the fact is, this thing could change very quickly if the Magic keep playing this way and just get better at it. But this is also what young teams do. Young teams don't know how to close games. Young teams don't know how to win tight games against veteran opponents like the Dallas Mavericks who just tore up the Orlando Magic late in the game when the Magic decided to start doubling Luka Doncic. Just made the wrong defensive adjustment. Couldn't make the switches onto the three. Couldn't get, make the rotations to three-point shooters. And that was that. On top of that, Orlando just stopped moving the ball effectively. Dallas deserves credit for their defense. We'll get, we'll get into that here in a bit. But at the end of the day, the Magic are going to have to perform late in these games. At the end of the day, the Magic have to win these battles. They have to win these games against uh, against their opponent. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be Dallas, it could be Charlotte, it could be who could be Oklahoma City on Tuesday. It could be anybody. What this season is really about is learning how to play in these situations, learning how to play with this pressure, learning how to play with this precision. When we talk about the magic needing to level up, we are talking about this. And so the Magic are starting at a baseline of, let's just compete in these games. Okay. Mission accomplished. We're competing every night. And yes, the return of Markel Fultz, the return of Gary Harris, you know, the return of even Jonathan Isaac, just the return of Jalen Suggs, return of Cole Anthony, the return of more players is going to give the Magic better players to finish these games. The Magic are doing fine without a point guard for the most part. But when the game slows down as it does in the fourth quarter and at the end of games, when every possession matters more, that's when you need an organizer. That's when you need someone to settle everyone down. And the Magic just don't have that. Markel Fultz closing games out is going to make this team better. I'll say that pretty clearly. But that's what this season's about. So the Magic are able to compete in and play in these games. Fantastic. Now, they not only have to compete in these games, they have to win these games. And the rest of the season is about going to be getting better at that. We're going to run through the final box score, talk a little bit about the specifics of the game coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting, football, and the start of the new basketball season. So find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. You can bet on awards still, I believe, with NBA Rookie of the Year. Uh, you can bet on, uh, I believe, Paolo Bancaro's over-underlines are still out there. That Those may have changed a little bit over the first week of the season, first week and a half of the season. Um, and, of course, you can bet on individual games as the Orlando Magic is set to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday. TNT is going to be missing out on a good time. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check out on all of your favorite games and events, including MMA, MLB, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.
We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So let, let's 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 break down this game a little bit a little bit more um, against the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks defeat the Orlando Magic one fourteen to one hundred five. Um, it, it, it it's a nine point game. The Magic do cover, uh, but um, but it was a game that was both closer and not as close uh, as it's as as the final score indicates. So that's probably the right score at the end of the day. Um, it's it's a game where like literally, and I, and I think this is just such, this is a big difference for this team. You know, I, I think I made this point last year. I made this analogy last year. If the Magic were capable of playing somewhere between 40 and 42 minutes of good basketball, and the question in every game was, what was the team going to do during those six to eight minutes where they were just not able to get anything going, and whether they'd be able to stop the bleeding in time to make, to stay in the game and give themselves a chance at the end? Because, you know, I think there was still a fair amount of confidence that the Magic could win close games. And, and, and again, I... That, that confidence isn't the same this year, obviously, especially with with some of the guys that are missing. But, you know, the Magic are going to find their groove late in games. This year, I would say the Magic are playing about maybe 44 to 46. You know, somewhere between, maybe like 43. There's maybe like somewhere between four or five minutes. Sometimes less, sometimes a little bit more, but not too much. Not as much as last year. Where the Magic are really struggling. And the Magic are kind of grinding and having to, you know, having to grind out pars, if, if you get the golf analogy there. Um, they're just trying to tread water and keep themselves afloat while the other team makes a run. And, and I think one thing that this team has done significantly better than last year is when the offense does go in the tank, the defense steps up. When the defense is struggling, look, the offense maybe isn't able to provide the full force, but they're able to kind of stay with things. They're kind of able to stay in it. Um, and, and, and that's, again, that's, that is a, that is some growth that like you, when you compare these two teams, virtually the same rosters and yes, Powell Bancaro is a big addition, but when you compare these two teams between last year and this year, it is not, it's not, it feels night and day. Um, this magic team is much more confident, much more comfortable, much more composed in what they're running at least until they get to the fourth quarter. That's when they get tight. That's when the pressure starts to kind of crumple in on them a little bit. And and again, you can see that. Um, it, it's 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 you know, it's not a whole lot of things here. Like the Magic are moving the ball beautifully to start games. They opened up an eleven point lead midway through the second quarter. Their bench was just on fire, playing with energy. And then Dallas made its adjustments. Luka Doncic made his run. That the game was tied at sixty at the half. And really, this game on Sunday turned on a single play, and a seemingly innocuous play that really just knocked the Magic back far enough that they they, they were struggling to recover the rest of the game. Um, Paolo Bancaro got called for flagrant foul for uh, la- for jumping into Tim Hardaway's landing spot on a three pointer. So Hardaway got three free throws to give Dallas a two point lead, and then Dallas added uh, another free throw to take a three point lead. So a one-point Magic lead and, and a close game turned into a Dallas three-point lead, and I don't think Dallas trailed the rest of the game from there. It was those kinds of possessions, and that possession was was a very convoluted and long one where the Magic weren't able to scratch out rebounds, and Dallas kept getting opportunity and opportunity and opportunity until they finally got to the foul line 
where they made one of two free throws. So it wasn't even that this was like some five or six point possession, which it could have been. It was only a four point possession, but it was enough to flip the whole tenor of the game. Luka Doncic was always on the front foot here. And if I still have a criticism for Orlando's defense, um, and go stopping Luka's hard, he scored 30 points in the first, first half. And I didn't think the Magic's defense was bad on him. I think they did make him work for his points, but but still, he got some easy looks. The Magic were caught reaching a few times. Wendell Carter's defense on Luka Doncic was actually really good. He did re- Him and Franz Wagner, I thought, did a really good job kind of keeping their hands away from him and forcing him to make shots, which, again, he did. He's Luka. He'll do that. Um, but overall, uh, the Magic, I, I'm still, my big concern is I, I'm never sure where the Magic are trying to force ball handlers. Um, and Dallas started doing a lot better job of attacking the Magic on the perimeter. They started trapping Paolo Bancaro. They doubled him on pick and rolls to kind of get the ball out of his hands. That's a real big sign of respect for the rookie. Um, and then Orlando's offense just kind of bogged down. All the beautiful ball movement that we saw through the first quarter and a half kind of disappeared. And 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 the Magic devolved into that one-on-one game that is going to— Honestly, this is going to be their demon. Their struggle is they have some decent one-on-one players. Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro are great attacking off the dribble. Or they will be. They may not be great yet, but they will be. Um, but they tend to devolve into relying on that too much instead of moving the ball and, and getting the kickouts that give them the open shots that they need. Orlando made some shots early that boosted the offense, but that didn't last. Orlando had, I think, eight threes in the first quarter, first half. Um, they only had four in the second. Um, missed some good ones, obviously, and that, that's going to happen. But um, the Magic's ball movement kind of went in the tw- went, went, went in the in the drain, um, and that's when the offense was kind of struggling to get, get itself going. And again, the fourth quarter, it got tight. The execution got tight. You could just kind of feel guys trying to push this team over the hill, push this team over the ledge, and just unable to get them there, unable to get them over that hill, over that hump. And that's that's where things stood. That's where things sat um, as the Magic were trying to climb back in this game. The Magic's defense serves credit for keeping them in it, but ultimately the Magic started doubling Luka Doncic to get the ball out of his hands. And there, and Dallas did such a good job spreading the floor with five out, essentially, that uh, Orlando was struggling to catch up and struggling to defend the three-point line. Um, their rotations are better. Their defense is better. Don't let 114 points fool you. Don't let Luka Doncic just 44 points fool you. Orlando did some good things defense. I'm not going to say they had a good defensive game. They made some errors, but... Um, but they're doing good things defensively. They are getting a lot better on that end. But the end of this game, like I said, comes down to like two or three possessions or a two to three minute stretch where Dallas is able to make those plays, execute those plays, and Orlando is just struggling to hold on to the rope and struggling to stay in the game. This team is capable. This team is doing a lot of good things. This team is, is, is at least able to tread some water or fight back against the tide that's going against them. But ultimately, what was a close game for much of the third quarter turned into uh, it was a five-point game at halftime, quickly turned into 10 with the bench unit in the game. Mosley's maybe sticking with that bench unit a hair too long, but at the end of the day, it, it, it's on everyone to play better. Um, I think everyone would say that. They've got to execute more crisply. Uh, executing on offense is going to help set up their defense, which their defense is doing some good things. Uh, and then they just got to kind of take that step forward. That's, that's again, that's what this game turn, turned on. I, I can't point to specific plays other than the Bancaro uh, flagrant foul um, that explain why Dallas was able to kind of zoom ahead. 
it was just a general Orlando's inconsistency on offense, and Dallas made some shots. Um, again, you that's that's honestly how you want to lose games is they just made some shots and and you didn't. You can live with that. Now Orlando, I think has to execute better. I think they have to get better shots. The quality of their shots is definitely waning. Uh, I I think that. I think that at times Orlando settles for jumpers when they should be moving the ball or should be attacking the paint. Getting to the foul line is a big piece of this puzzle for Orlando. It's a good way to keep stability when you aren't making jumpers. Paolo Bancaro is great at getting the line. Someone else has to find their way to the line too. At the same time, you can't just be throwing up wild shots at the basket at the rim when you're deep. that that leaves your offense a little unbalanced to get back in transition. So it's it's all just about finding that right balance and that right level of attack for this team. Obviously, turnovers are still an issue, too. I think in the fourth quarter, Orlando was pressing so much that they were overpassing, that they were trying to make that one extra pass instead of just taking the shot. Um, you know, Kevon Harris had a couple turnovers where he literally tried very difficult wraparound passes under the basket, when really he probably should have just lowered his shoulder, taken the foul, gone to the foul line, or taken the shot, or kicked back out to the three-point line. A lot of things, and this is what young teams do, they overcomplicate things. If you make the simple play, you make the simple pass— you're gonna get the basket, and 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 that's that's what this game comes down to. If if you know Magic are one and six, it's not where you want to be, obviously. But if if you don't feel like there's a sense of panic for me, or don't feel like there's a sense of panic from the team itself, it's probably because all of these things are somewhat expected, um, and there's still a lot of room for this team to grow and continue to get better. And 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 that's that's ultimately what matters for this group and for what this team is trying to accomplish. We're going to run through the final box score here in a little bit, talk about some individual performances, talk about the streak ending for Paolo Bancaro. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Let's run through that final box score as the Orlando Magic fall to the Dallas Mavericks, 114-105. to Yes, indeed, the streak is over. Paolo Bancaro's streak of 20-point games to open his career has come to an end. 18 points, 6 for 20, shooting 1 for 6 from beyond the arc, 5 for 8 from the foul line, so you'd probably say he left some of those on the board. Uh, a team-high 4 assists, Orlando just 20 assists in this game. I, I, I think the Magic do need to make sure that—I mean, part of this is making shots, but— the Magic do have to make sure their assist numbers are, are higher than probably 25 if they really want to play well. Um, and so, again, ball movement was ball movement wasn't great. Um, I would say that. But um, Paolo did Paolo things. I think Dallas did a good job bothering him, uh, putting some size on him, uh, doubling him. You know, just kind of giving him some different looks. And I think he struggled a little bit with those reasons. He just he had a bad shooting game. He was due for one. Um, but, you know, overall, you like his looks. You like his ability to get to the, get to the foul line, uh, put some pressure on the rim. No one is worried about Paolo Bancaro. He's he's doing a lot of good things, and, and I think everyone's very, very happy with him. If 18 points and a plus 6 plus minus are a bad game for Paolo Bancaro, then this, this Magic team is going to be pretty good in the long run. So uh, no one should be concerned about him there. Bull Bull continues his fun emergence. 16 points, 7 for 10 shooting, 11 rebounds, his first double-double. Three block shots. Um, Bowl just... No one knows how to guard him. Uh, and especially in these jumbo lineups, they don't have enough big bodies to defend him. And even a regular big body is not enough. Um, you, you know, Bowl is playing really well and fits really well with this group. Um, you do wonder if it's because of all the size and that teams have to put smaller players on him. But 
the dude, the dude's taking advantage of that opportunity. He's showing all the skills that made that made him a top ten prospect entering college when he was get at Oregon. Um, he's able to dribble in space. He's able to kind of get himself downhill. He he finishes really really well. He's such a fluid athlete. Um, the physics don't make sense, but Bol Bol is very 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 good. Um, and and he just continues to play really well. And this is just another impressive game. Um, you know the Magic aren't leaning on him heavily. He only played twenty nine forty four in this game, but. He is making the most of those minutes, and again, it's it's hard to keep him off the floor. Wendell Carter with 15 points, five for 10 shooting, four for six from the foul line, nine rebounds, four assists for him. Um, Wendell's starting to get his groove back. Um, that game against Charlotte, his defense was was a lot better. His defense was pretty good in this one too. Orlando's starting to work more stuff out of the high post, which is what you want to see from that from him. Um, he can be a director. He can be a little bit of an organizer. I think out of the high post uh, for this team, kind of get guys. Uh, the ball in in motion, starting to hit that jumper a little bit more, starting to feel more comfortable and aggressive. Um, so again, good signs from Wendell Carter overall uh, for this team. Uh, Franz Wagner struggled in this one, 11 points, 3 for 12 shooting, 5 for 6 from the foul line, so he did a good job getting the foul line, 4 assists, 3 turnovers. Um, I, 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 I think Franz is really good. I think Franz has improved greatly from last year. So, you know, I, I, I don't take his poor shooting percentages as signs for concern. I think a lot of it is he is playing an uncomfortable role. He is playing point guard, and he is not comfortable with it. Um, he's being asked to be a playmaker. He's being asked to be a driver. I think they're asking him to be more aggressive. And a, a lot of the shots that made him so efficient last year, he is not getting right now because there's no one to set the table for him. Um, those are his best plays. Those are, those are his best moments. Um, and so I think that's kind of where he is right now, where he just isn't getting that that kind of propulsive movement. Um, he isn't getting the, that that's those same shot that same shot diet that he got last year. It's different. And look, if this is the growing pains he has to go through to get get to being good at what he's doing now, um, then that's a good thing. Like that'll make him better in the long run. But it just feels like he's forcing things a little bit right now. That that he's he's thinking a little bit too much out there. Um, the rhythm's gonna come. He's gonna go through a, a nice little burn here at some point. He, he's he's too good not to. Um, and, and he's still doing so many of the right things, even though he is uh, being asked to do something that he's just very clearly not comfortable with. Some good performances off the bench. I'll start with RJ Hampton. 15 points, 6 for 9 shooting, 3 for 4 from deep, 4 rebounds, 2 steals. RJ was just everywhere, was confident shooting the ball, confident getting in the basket, confident defensively, just just a you know really solid game. And, and you know again, I think the biggest mystery for the Orlando Magic this year is why RJ Hampton wasn't in the rotation or isn't comfortably in the rotation, why he isn't, you know, if the Magic were going to go traditional point guard, why he didn't get some looks at the point guard spot. Now, Magic kind of avoided playing him at point. I just don't think they trust his decision-making quite yet. But RJ is making good decisions. He is playing really, really well. Um, this was a sign of how well he he is playing. Um, you know, there he's taken some significant steps forward. It, it's just, you know, again, why isn't he playing is, is I think, the big question. Um I don't have a good answer for that, honestly. Um, everything I have seen from these games suggests that RJ Hampton should be in the rotation and should be playing comfortably because he is disruptive defensively. He's he's been solid with his decision making. He's not making the same kind of wild mistakes he made in the past. Um, but so RJ has earned his place, um, and it's just about you know how the Magic ultimately construct this rotation, especially once they get healthy. Having said that, Kevon Harris had a really nice game: twelve points, three for four shooting, four for five from the foul line, two for three from beyond the arc. Um, love, love, love Kevon Harris's energy. That dude is just a pinball. 
going everywhere on defense, um, diving for loose balls, just making things happen. Um, they put him on Luka for a little bit. It, it didn't work out that well, but you know, I, I like the effort. Um, and, and and he just he was just all over the floor. He hit some threes. You know, second quarter sit was better than his fourth quarter sit. Made a couple turnovers. Magic probably stuck with him a hair longer than they should have. Um, but I really like, I mean, it's hard, you know, Magic fans have kind of made Kevon Harris their scapegoat for a few things and, 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 and the scapegoat for the bad rotation. But honestly, you watch him play enough now, you see why coaches want him on the floor. He's just all energy and just plays with, you know, a ton of, honestly, some reckless abandon where he's just throwing his body around to try and get get loose balls, trying to just make things happen. And, and, and you understand why coaches like a player like that, why coaches like someone like that. Um, he does all the things coaches love. That's why he's playing. And honestly, I, I can't blame them for playing him. I agree they're probably playing him a hair too long. 17-04, his skills are inconsistent. He's not really a ball handler. He's not really an attacker, but he's you know kind of being forced to do some of that with the, with the lineups Magic have out there. Um so it's it's really just about finding the right balance, which they haven't found quite yet. Um, you know, the Magic were, were struggling to stay in the game. I thought they should have come back with their starters a little bit sooner, maybe a minute or two sooner than they did. Um, I think that would have given them a better chance to win. Not that Harris was necessarily the problem, but, you know, Kevon Harris is not Terrence Ross. He is not, you know, Franz Wagner. He is not some of the guys that the Magic have available at that spot. The Orlando Magic end up shooting 45.7% uh, from floor. They're 11 for 29 from three. They hit eight of those in the first half. That tells you a little bit about where they were again. Just not taking a lot of threes. Starting to make them a little bit more, but there's a little bit of balance. It's, it's when those threes come um, that matters. Dallas was 11 for 35 from three. So Orlando, again, does a good did a good job defending the three-point line, except in the big moments. Dorian Finney-Smith hit two back-breaking threes late in the fourth quarter. One made it a 10-point game. Another made it a seven-point game with about 45 seconds to play. Those When those threes come, matter a little bit, especially with the narrow margins this team has. And like I said, playing in close games is, is really the deal. Orlando only turns the ball over 12 times, so they're doing things. Maybe some of the turnovers are at bad times too. Um, but overall, you can see how the Magic are doing good things, and it's just coming down to one or two possessions, one or two key moments through the course of the game. Luka Doncic, the story of this one, 44 points, 17 for 26 shooting, scored 30 of those 44 in the first half. Um, Orlando tried to be physical with him. They, 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 they tried to single cover him, kind of let him get his in the first half. He was able to kind of build momentum and get Dallas back in the game. They started doubling him in the fourth quarter, trying to change up the defense. That's when Dallas really tore Orlando up. I, I would have honestly preferred, I would have been fine if Luka scored 50 and, the, and Dallas loses the game. That, that, that to me is an okay strategy. Um, you know, keeping Luca to Luca and not letting Luca spread ball because he's gonna score thirty. He's gonna get his. The goal when you're playing Dallas should be to prevent others from getting going. And, and honestly, you could kind of tell this game was in trouble when Dallas won the minutes that Luca was out early in the fourth quarter. Um, those are the minutes the Magic had to win. Those are the minutes they lost, and that's ultimately why they lost the game. Dallas shoots forty nine point four percent from the floor, twenty one for twenty eight from the foul line. Only four turnovers for Dallas. That was a big difference in this game, a big reason why Orlando was not able to get out and run. The Dallas Mavericks defeat the Orlando Magic 114-105. Orlando will close this two-game road trip out Tuesday in Oklahoma City. Then they start a seven-game homestand. So big opportunity coming over the next couple of weeks. We've been just wanted to survive these first eight games and then get to work here in the next seven to kind of build up consistency, build up habits, and all of that jazz. Not the jazz, but you, you get what I'm saying. 
That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_md. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in. Him on Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. All the podcasts and all the podcasts to your podcast and they have a listening advice. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicgala.com and follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, make your next listen to Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Frost. We'll see you all next time for another episode of Locked On.